Titans are back, bitches. It's Trevor Talks Titans with Jordan. I'm Trevor Drinkwater. And I'm Jordan. Uh, today we're, this is Jordan. Today we're talking about Titans Season 2, Episode 11, which is called ELO. Do you have no, any idea a- why that's the title? No, no, it's it's not Electric Light Orchestra. No, if you paid close attention, it is E dot L dot space dot O because because if you paid attention when Rachel was going into the bus stop to get the ticket the lady was doing a crossword puzzle. Oh, the crossword. Oh, I didn't even catch that. It was originally going to be called Elko but they thought this would be a much more clever title. We'll get into the Elko thing in a minute. Uh, (laughs) But um, I when I saw ELO in the title, I genuinely thought that because they've already talked about David Bowie so much in this fucking season, I thought it was actually going to be about the band and <laughs> someone was going to be enjoying an ELO record. Flashback or to Jericho in the vinyl store. Yeah, either that or the ELO uh, chess player ranking system. Thought maybe that <laughs> might come into play. It's uh... okay. Jordan, this was a truly fucked up episode. This show is really pushing me past my limits. Uh, I tapped out after the first... I, 30 seconds in, I went, I'm out. I can't... This is too fucking hey. stupid for me. This is too fucking dumb. I can't... I've I want to quit. I want me. to stop watching this god-awful show. Can we end this show? Can we stop? This is not even fun me. for me to watch. This is... It's not, folk, I got to keep stressing this enough. This isn't even a so bad it's good anymore. It's, there are moments where you can kind of laugh at how awful and bullshit it is, but no, this is horrendous. No, this not, is... not this one. This is, in all honesty, the worst episode. One of the worst episodes of television I've seen, uh, Almost positive it's the worst episode of this series. It, it I'm is. not going to go back and rewatch any other episodes to find out. Um, I'm going to tell you but, right now, uh, as the expert in this, you're right. I I, w- I put yeah. Asylum as the worst episode, and then I finally saw this, and I went, nope, this is too stupid even for that episode, because that was just like torture porn for like 45 minutes. This is straight up just horseshit. Once we agree... We both think that this is the worst episode, which means it has to be true. Um, it's the first time we've ever we've agreed ever on something agreed like on that. The, it is horrendous on a multitude of reasons. Okay. I just need to break down this Elko thing because it's truly baffling. Um, so uh, four different characters, all the ladies of the Titans, are receiving some kind of psychic or subliminal message telling them to go to uh, this diner in Elko, Nevada. Yes. Neva- N- Neva- Nevada pl- playing another big role. I'm starting to think we were joking uh, last week about uh, Gotham City being in Nevada in this Titans world. I'm starting to think that's actually the case. Because we keep it, coming it, back. It's not Nevada. We keep coming back to Nevada. You know what? Yeah. It might actually be California. Maybe it is California. Yeah. I live in Gotham be. City, but- fo- folks. I live in Gotham. <laughs> Confirmed. But the fact, I mean, it's still weird the fact they specifically named a place Kane, Nevada in the past uh, episode when Gotham City is famous. Is Elko located in Kane 
or I don't know. I don't know if Elko is a real place. I'm not going to bother looking it, it, it up. It actually is a real place. I, don't I did care. the research okay. of Elko. So, <clears throat> Elko was a stop on the Pony Express, and it's a real city, okay. Nevada. Like uh, the crossword puzzle clue, but okay. I'm sorry. I gotta. I gotta br- to, to break this down. So Rachel sees the diner in one of her psychic premonition dreams. Um, Donna receives like a fake distorted phone call from Rachel, mm-hmm. uh, telling her to go to the Elko Diner. Um, Don, uh, while driving back to San Francisco, uh, also gets a, a distorted message from Rachel on her radio and also her car happens to need her. She get the check engine light comes on as she happens to be passing by Elko and Starfire, Corey, uh, her computer, her TV gets hacked into at her very luxurious apartment. Her TV gets hacked into. So she's a fake commercial for the Elko diner. So they all, for whatever reason, uh, feel compelled to go to this Elko diner and they show up all at once and it turns out that Bruce, none other than Bruce Wayne himself, has summoned them all to this Elko Diner. Yes. So <laughs> he was behind all this. So so Bruce Wayne uh, somehow uh, uh, hacked into uh, Rachel's dreams and sent her that psychic premonition to get her to come there. And also <laughs> did the same thing with uh, Donna's phone and Don's uh, car radio. And Starfire's TV, but like the messages that Dawn and Donna were getting seemed to be coming from Rachel, but they weren't actually sent by Rachel. Like Bruce Wayne was doing some kind of psychic manipulation shit, which like fair fair enough. Batman has a lot of friends. He could have enlisted, uh, I don't know, Zatanna or Doctor Fate or John Constantine, some other magical person to help him create this bizarre elaborate psychic ruse to get all these people to show up to this diner so he could give them a little pep talk but he could have just fucking called them on the phone (laughs) what why did he go to all that trouble and it's even more baffling when you consider that for the past two episodes uh beast boy has been trying to call bruce wayne and he hasn't been picking up Um, and and now the beast boy what happened in the diner scene I'm really concerned about Connor and Gar. Right. Yeah. First of all, so, so uh, as you would expect, Bruce Wayne's apparently been paying very close attention to all this, probably spying on everybody. So he knows everything that's going on. But while Gar was calling him for help, he completely ignored it. And then in the very next episode, he get, it probably cost him uh, $10 million just to uh, create this weird little... Uh, a subliminal uh, Elko Diner thing just to get in a room with these four girls and have a conversation with them. <laughs> and the lady in they the Elko Diner phone. is all... out of the loop. The out of the... She's out of the loop they in all... all this. She's creeped What's out. On? Elko, Elko Joe is not a real guy. Uh, Bruce Wayne apparently uh, created and produced a fake commercial with, a, with an actor. Pretending to be El Code. And how does Bruce Wayne know that Starfire's favorite food is donuts? Was, did it mention donuts in the commercial? Yeah, it was like, we got all donuts to oh. stretch right wide. All the best donuts. Yeah, I'll go to El Code. Scene where she's demanding donuts from that poor lady who just works at the diner. 
She's like, go get me some fucking donuts. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I have the exact line. It is so fucking good. I I said that's this. There's only Starfire is because every week we say like, who's the star of the episode? This is a Starfire is the star episode because she's drunk. (laughs) She's belligerent. She does not give a fuck. She just wants fucking donuts. And then when Bruce Wayne does the whole plan and he leaves, she's the one explaining like, this is the dumbest fucking thing. Like, did he, did Bruce Wayne just mansplain to us about putting the Titans back together? Yeah. (laughs) I, he's fucking Bruce Wayne. He could have called them on the phone. He could have flown them. He could have flown out to meet them. Why did he have to make them all go to Elko? Really cool. To the Elko diner. Batman showed up. Because then, like, hey, he's there. Batman himself, Bruce Wayne. Because what has been Beast Boy's goal the entire time since joining the Titans? I want to meet Bruce Wayne. I want to meet Batman. And he hasn't gotten that. Wouldn't that have made a bigger sense for these people? Like, oh, shit, I know who Batman is. It's Bat- Batman's level of investment in the Titans uh, uh, is completely, like, it's it's completely incoherent. It's uh, the, arbitrary. The first, it's the when it's convenient. The first convenient. couple times, the first couple times we saw him, he seemed kind of so indifferent. He was like, "Whatever, go do your thing. I don't care." <laughs> and also, so the first time we see Bruce Wayne in this episode is, of course, in Dick Grayson's imagination because the imaginary Bruce is back. And you know, when he first appeared there, I was really hoping really hoping that it wouldn't actually be imaginary Bruce and that Bruce Wayne was actually there confronting him in his jail cell. Cause Bruce could do that kind of thing. He's rich. He's you know? rich. He's bad. I was man. hoping he can break into any I was, prison. I was hoping it would be like a fake out where uh, Dick thinks he's hallucinating again, but no, it's the actual Bruce Wayne. He's here to actually talk sense into him because so far uh, Bruce has only been interesting as a character when he's in uh, Dick Grayson's head. The real Bruce Wayne has been completely not utilized as a character at all. And having Batman as a character in the show was a huge narrative opportunity that they've completely squandered. Uh, <laughs> they've made such a useless character out of him, except for when he's a figment of Dick Grayson's imagination. Uh, unless, but the lo idea- and behold, <laughs> lo and behold, later in the episode, the real Bruce Wayne shows up in kind of a weird uh, white suit, but whatever. Uh, and he's, but he did this whole weird elaborate plan to, to trick all the ladies. He didn't even talk to Jason who he knows and is back in Gotham where he lives. He only wanted to uh, have this little meeting with all of the female Titans for some reason. Uh, all but one of whom he's never actually met They're all going to go to the, uh, Epstein ship. They're all going to fly out. No, it was so fucked up. And, and like, just to make things even worse, just to make things even, like, more of, like, a, of what the fuck, it's then it's, like, so is still this story about Jericho's death because Dick Grayson's all this guilt trip. And I think we were supposed to assume that some one of them is possessed by Jericho. Stroke is. Yeah. Slade, and, and, Slade is that he... So what has apparently happened is... Right before Slade apparently killed Jericho, Jericho actually did his power to go into Slade's body, and then it was actually Slade that got killed 
in Jericho's body, and Jericho has been possessing Slade ever since. So he, Jericho, is actually the one who's been getting revenge on the Titans because he blames uh, Dick for killing, quote-unquote, him, which is actually his dad. That's what I think we're supposed to understand. Yes, because it's, it's, it's not that it was supposed to be, and I think this is what the writers are trying to interpret. Jericho possessed Dick Grayson, and that's no, why no, Dick no, Grayson no. beat the shit out of the cops. And it's that guilt trip no, over false. Jericho. Not, not, not correct. Uh, and Jericho it's like, it's has completely been incorrect, and I'm, and I'm wrong with that. It's supposed to be Deathstroke. Is yeah, Jericho's been Deathstroke's body the whole time. That's what uh, brute, imaginary Bruce Wayne was trying to get Dick to understand when he said, "Like, oh, there's something inside of Slade that you need." And then it's revealed to him when, in one of his visions, he sees the TV screen, and it's the scene where he's talking to Slade in his house, and Slade is like doing. Uh, sign language as he talks to him and that's when he realizes that Slade is in fact Jericho and Slade's body in this awful like matrix it's a type matrix thing where it's like look at these weird monitors yeah there was the whole um, imaginary fight scene with him and imaginary Bruce on like a there was no need for uh, the imaginary fight sequence what was that supposed to be It was. It's him wrestling with his past and his demons and his, you know. Then when he uh, re- fight himself, and his conscience. Then? No, because Bruce Wayne is his conscience. Bruce Wayne is like the super ego because he's like the. Uh, it's kind of like a Jungian uh, old wise man archetype. You know. Okay. He's. It's uh, a. <laughs> so we're trying so, to put more. We're trying to put more uh, elevation in this horrible oh, yeah. show than I think even the writers intended on. Yeah, I don't know if they were conscious that this is what they were doing, but it's a pretty standard thing to have like an old man who was who uh, provided uh, guidance to the hero appear to him as a ghost. You know, it's like Obi Wan and Star yeah, that, Wars. It's that right. same kind of thing. It's a it was it's what a fascinating look, and plus that wasn't, and what a fun fight sequence. We finally get to see him punch a guy. We get to see Honestly, Bruce Wayne punch a dude. Honestly, it would make sense and be more interesting narratively if the actual Bruce Wayne showed up and confronted him in prison, which why wouldn't he do that in the time Dick, between you went over your the, head? Look what you did. This is all your fault. <laughs> Bruce has had plenty of time to come and like talk to Dick and try to talk some sense into him. That's the kind of thing that he would be doing. But no, instead, he's off doing some other shit creating this uh uh, elaborate fucking weird plan to trick all these girls that dick knows into meeting him at a diner in nevada (laughs) when up until now we've had no reason to believe that the real bruce wayne was engaged in the business of the titans at all (laughs) truly truly bizarre choice and i just like the just i mean I we we ha- I I did take the notes and all this, and I'm just going to say right now, this was the most suffering I ever did taking notes and anything, even in college. As usual, I didn't take any notes. I've never taken notes on anything in my and life. And I'm wrong I usually when I even take notes because you see something I didn't. All right, it, it, I know you have to do your recap thing, so let's but get I into point it. This out here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get mad a lot during this. But, but it's I'm not point even this your out. fault. I did not notice the sign language, and I did not notice the car, because every single time I watched it, they kind of did. I guess maybe my uh, 
my my Wait, internet feed just kind of skipped it. Because what I saw instead was just the Dick Grayson close-up reaction instead, and then uh, oh. it, it it was just a quick shot. He's watching uh, Slade talking to him on the TV, and then it kind of zooms in on his hand. And he's doing, I noticed you know, the funny crossword puzzle line. What a heart! What a funny laugh out loud show this is, Titans. You're gonna laugh. All right. Okay. So, uh, so first of all, go skip, ahead. skip the recap because fuck it. I don't. I want to get this over with. Recap was punishing on its own. It was reminding me of so many things about the season that are already pissing me off. Hey, so do you remember me... Dick Grayson uh, betrayed everybody and they all left? And then, hey, do you remember uh, Hank going, we need to leave? Uh, you remember when uh, Dick Grayson was fighting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Remember that? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> So here's the episode. The, the recap, the recap really primed me to be pissed off at this episode, and boy, that's what, did the that's, episode that's deliver. That's what makes it over the edge, and this is how <laughs> shit it is. All right, go All right. ahead. Beast Boy's getting brain surgery. Ugh. That's right. He's talking about Rachel, and I'm reminded of all the torture scenes from the Asylum episode. We're not even a minute in, and this is just not a fun episode. The laugh out loud comic character. The Beast Boy, we're all supposed to love and laugh because he's comical and funny and nerdy. How about we just no, expose he's, his he's fucking never, brain? He's never been funny on this show, though. This version of Beast Boy isn't really funny. The Cadmus Labs is taking notes on what is said from Rach from Rachel and Don on, on in the whiteboards. Serving what's going on, he's laughing and talking while under the brain surgery, which is still creepy as fuck. That's not how it goes, but <clears throat> He gets uh, angry at one point and then starts getting those glowing yellow eyes because he's about to turn into the tiger. Should call him Tiger Boy. All he does is turn into a tiger. Then back in prison, Dick Grayson is lying in bed. A tray shows a dead rat with the phrase, Bon Appetit, love Len. I guess Len was the prison guard. Yeah. Uh, in the bed, he gets nightmares. And suddenly, oop, there's Bruce Wayne. A monologue recapping everything from how he wound up in prison to going to King County House and Jericho's mom saying you can't get forgiveness. Jericho, you're missing something, son. We go to the theme song, Fuck It, Life Does Not Matter Anymore. This show is just hurting and it's just turning me into a nihilist with every dun 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 Cut to a spooky angel statuette in a graveyard. Raven has seen a funeral of Dick Grayson, born 1990, dead in 2019. Her makeup looks awful in these scenes. Must have been must have been 1980, right? Not 1990. Uh, 1990 to 2019. That's what it said on the tombstone. It couldn't have said 1990. They said previously that he was like 30 years old. Oh wait. Oh, that is 30 years. Oh shit. Sorry, I, mean, I fucked well, no, up. No, you're that no. Math. I'm born in 89. Technically, I'm 30. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, you're right. I, I got confused about the math there. Um, right, sorry, go on. Yeah, so the horrible makeup. Like usually, the, whoever is doing the makeup on Raven looks amazing. So this one, I didn't. Uh, this looked too caked on. Uh, she didn't. Uh, Dick Grayson then taps her on the shoulder and says, "Don't give up." She holds her hand, visualizes a diner in one of her, you know, trademark nightmare scenarios of what's going on, and then. <laughs> Oh, Dick Grayson's coughing blood because of a stabby stab in the chest from Deathstroke. Cut to San Francisco. Rachel wakes up and still hallucinates the don't give up from the dreams and calls Dick. 
Oop, the voicemail is full. Cut two. Donna is investigating the tower. It's cold and spooky. Rachel calls Donna. Oop, there's static. Cut two. Starfire hallucinating being in space. A little girl berates her in Vegas. She's drunk. They're at an arcade. Cut two. Wyoming. Moo cows are here. Dawn is going back to San Francisco? It, I, I was confused in this because I thought Dawn was going to stay in Wyoming while Hank went off. No, she had no reason to stay there anymore because Hank broke up with her. So she's just going to go back to San Francisco, I guess. But I thought she left San Francisco they, because of Dick Grayson, too. Like, you betrayed me. Why would I even be here again? She's got nowhere else to go. And they needed a reason to get her on the road in into Nevada for some reason. So wouldn't that's what, here it would you know I'm not gonna say I can do better, but <clears throat> I don't know. This would be a good shot if her whole thing is I'm gonna stay in Wyoming and take care of kids and do better and maybe continue the horse thing. Maybe she just goes into the road to get some horse feed, and then the radio thing happens. Maybe that could have been the reason she goes on the road, but no. Uh, as the radio goes on, You Don't Own Me by Leslie Gore plays. While talking about heartbreak, uh, she takes Hank's things and dumps it in the trash, then reconsiders, takes a photo of her, Hank, Don, and Dick, the original Titans. Cut to Rachel getting a tarot reading because more spooky things. Uh, there is a card of that the ends with a, she must prepare for to make a big sacrifice or a great loss. Oh, it's the hanged man. It's the it's it's scary. She's got a scary future. Uh, then we find out that someone's dad got attacked by the spooky gargoyles. Dad. Okay, so we thought in the previous episode that that was the homeless girl's brother, but it's actually her dad, which is weird. He did not look old enough to be her dad. That was a dad. <laughs> yeah, that was her dad. That's who they were talking about. What a hunky dad. Jesus Christ, what? I'm not like I'm not kidding. Like we saw it. We were our eyes aren't deceiving. That was like a 30 year old. That was like a Dick Grayson aged dude going it, you but need she, to... I think also we're supposed to understand this character as a kid, even though she doesn't really look like a kid. Oh, like we're supposed to go high school age like Rachel and this is like she's she's like an abused child and that's her shitty dad. And they didn't even give her a name yet. It's not like the Witch Coven, it's not like the Covenant, yeah. it's no like what's the name of this group of, of spiritual people? Also, fucking her just she has a completely cold and uncomplicated reaction to her abusive dad dying. She's basically just like, Oh good. You know, it was the most like, hot topic. On. It was the most hot topic golf response you could think of. Good. And also, Rachel's so disturbed by that that she just leaves and she's done with this whole uh, story thread. Like there was no payoff yeah, to any like, of that. It's oh. just like, all right, I'm get fuck it, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I love. We were just introduced last week to here's like the coven. We keep calling it the witch coven because they're all spiritual people with mysticism. She's like, oh boy, I finally found my own. The witch coven, they're so great. Oh, that guy's dead now. Bye. What the fuck? <laughs> the f they really, like, they just set up these yeah. characters, and unless it's like breadcrumbs for a season three, there's no need. Yeah. 
I don't know. And Rachel doesn't have to reckon at all with the fact that it was her powers that uh, inadvertently murdered that guy. Uh, it's just kind of, that's all just kind of swept under the rug. So, of course, af- right after Rachel, we cut to why a bus. Even, why even do it? We go to why the bus. Why even do that shit? Why? <laughs> it just, it, the writers just really wanted the show to keep moving. So they go, we now it doesn't see seem to- like it. Bus station in Elko to Elko. Uh, Rachel wants to buy a bus ticket. She doesn't know where. She sees the ticket to Elko as in Elko, Nevada. Uh, the Elko Diner is the diner in the nightmare. Elko is also the answer to 19 across on the crossword puzzle for Lair Word Pony Express stop in Nevada. No reason why. She just went there. Well, it's because she recognized Elko from her vision and her dream. Maybe she has to go. Maybe this is all spiritual. Cut two. Because she's being psychically manipulated by Bruce Wayne, which is really fucking weird. It makes no sense. And how would like this work? It's, it's it, you know what happened. If you think about it, did you, if you if you really want to go with the Bruce Wayne uh, sabotages and does tech. It was a it okay. was an LED it was a like a TV screen it was a TV monitor that showed all the destinations and then that got hacked to show Elko and okay. it was supposed to be all vivid so it's supposed to lean you into picking Elko. It was in her dreams. It wasn't in real life. Bruce Wayne must have used some kind of uh, psychic interference in order to beam that in order to incept that idea in in her brain. Cut to again, because these are all cut twos. Starfire smooches a psychiatrist and then gets horny. She then Oh my stops. god, I hated this fucking scene. <laughs> she then stops after being able to let out her depression on the therapist. She stops Cause, being okay. she cause cause her the psychiatrist the guy she's hooking up with just happens to be a psychiatrist and he's all being like you seem like you're having a manic episode. I think you might be using me as a transference of guilt and blah, blah, blah. Like, can't, these fucking people can't just convey a simple idea without having a character explain what it is while it's happening. That's so how you know it's an adult awful. show. <laughs> Such a weird fucking thing that wouldn't happen, that this guy is a psychiatrist and... And like he's about to have sex with this woman, he starts trying to like diagnose her and explain her mental state. Fuck yeah, off! She, she stops getting horny for the dude, just throws out the bottle, starts drinking, talks about being stuck there, no home. You could continue like basically trying to give cryptic clues about the Blackfire incident. And then and then he tries to actually recruit her as a client. He like gives him a business gives her his card, card and it's like I take insurance. Like that's a, a, anyone that works in uh, the psychological profession would know that's unethical. You don't try to make someone your client uh, when you're in the middle of being about to have sex with when them. When you're about to fuck. By the way, that dude yeah. was very jacked too. Now, like he had like abs, like up to too. too <laughs> Too hot to be a psychiatrist. He's the hottest psychiatrist I've ever seen. Move over, yeah. Dr. Phil. This dude. <laughs> and uh, then as, you know, she gets, like, pissed off and basically tells the guy to fuck off. It's your friend, Elko Joe. Come on down I'm to the Elko Dojo. <laughs> we got donuts. I do like the fact that when she does show up at the diner, she says to the lady there, where's Elko Joe? 
<laughs> the lady's like who as if you would normally expect like the mascot from a commercial to be at the place when you get there that's but not the how thing it usually is, works that was the most starfire ass question i've ever heard <laughs> is where is elko yeah. joe from the commercial because that is in tune with the yeah, comic this books was- episode was the first time where she showed any uh signs at all of being different from a regular human <laughs> it was and the elko joe actor i liked i think that was a great role of just here's this kooky old dude looking like a used car salesman but wearing like a cowboy hat and flannel <laughs> that almost that that whole thing with elko joe almost seemed like it would be something from the teen titans cartoon but of course it would turn out to be like, like that uh tv guy whatever oh, his the, the, the big fat was. nerdy dude who's like yeah, yeah i forget i forget what his name is big geeky guy that uses tvs to do evil stuff that would make a lot of sense we've just introduced a new villain for season three um but, oh, but the villain is bruce wayne I was using this kid I saw at the Best Buy. He was fixing my modem, and I just said, hey, while you're here. I didn't uh, Bruce Wayne just fucking call them on the phone and talk to them like a normal person. I wasn't even like a Bruce. I'm doing like what people would normally hear Bruce Wayne. I'm still doing the Bruce Wayne, you know, the Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne. He's like a dork like the bruce wayne in here is like you know what or what it's just like this he's he's supposed to be like some kind of 20th century mid-atlantic uh like new england uh fucking a billionaire type he's not really sounds corporate too by the way every single time he speaks it's always like well it's in the best interest if that's the case uh yeah, he doesn't really seem like Bruce Wayne as we understand him. He definitely doesn't seem like he could ever be Batman. He's too fucking old and frail looking, but whatever. Cut to trying to move past that. Cut to we're back in Nevada. Apparently we that's the way if you're going from Wyoming to to San Francisco, you gotta go through Nevada, of course. So yeah, I, I guess. So the radio signal goes out. You hear Rachel's voice. And then the engine gives out. So, uh, so did Bruce Wayne somehow use like a computer to mimic Rachel's voice to send these messages to, uh, Donna, I mean, to Donna and Don and tamper the engine of, of her car. What if she was not wanting to do this? What if she's like, no, I'm, I I, I, I just got through a heartbreak. Fuck you, Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Like, he also had he also had to like spoof Rachel's phone to call Donna so that Donna would uh yeah so that Donna would think the call was coming from her. If he has the ability to do all this stuff, he could easily just set up a fucking conference call and talk to these people. You know what would be great would be instead you have him spoof Dick Grayson's phone. And you have him mimic the voice of Dick Grayson because everyone's like looking like what where where's Dick Grayson right now? And you let him know, I need your help. I'm in trouble. Like, hey. <laughs> or what would make more sense is if he went to prison to visit his friend Dick Grayson that he knows and talk to him and say, Dick, you got to get out of here. Your friends are in trouble, you idiot. You know, get Bruce stuff Wayne that, like, to a person t- would do. <laughs> Bruce Wayne brings out a giant uh, a giant cake with a nail file and a robin suit. Oh, no, god damn it. 
Anyway, we're back to prison. Fucking, I'm finished with this fucking show. I'm done. <laughs> this show sucks. We're going, we're back in prison. We're back in prison, and Bruce Wayne uh, is still there. He talks to the, Bruce Wayne some more. Yeah, whatever. He's in the guild of Dick Grayson. Remember that when he wasn't in isolation. Don't have much time, Dick. Lives are in the balance. Dick says he belongs here because of the death, but was arrested for assaulting a federal agent and attempted escape. Now, I guess. Oh, cry me a fucking river. The kid's father killed him, not you. I think you were looking for a fucking reason to give up. It's called a quitter, which, you know what? At this point, I'd be okay with being called a quitter, too. I mean, like, you know what? No shame in Dick Grayson at this point. I feel like a quitter, too, watching this awful show. He throws his bed in anger, Dick Grayson. He's like, ah, fuck you, Bruce. And then he gets his ass kicked by guards. Yeah, okay, so uh, Dick Grayson is supposed to be like a super badass or whatever, but in this scene, he can't even take two guards at once. He took he one guard, the first, he took one guard. Yeah, he beats then... up the first guard, and then two of them show up, and they just yeah, beat the shit out of him. <laughs> uh, cut to outside Gotham City, and we're here now, we're Rose and Jason fuck. Oh my god. The Rose and Jason romance is unbearable. It sucks so fucking much. It is. We didn't even get into that, did we? They all just... of a, all of a sudden, Jason is this very like sincere, uh, romantic character. Like he's nothing like the character we've seen for the rest of. For, I mean, granted, you know, time. Pu- for the longest time, I get Jason it, Todd pussy, was... pussy, <laughs> a guy like that. I get it, but it's still like it just doesn't seem recognizable at all. Rose and Jason fuck assumed in a canopy outside a beach property. So Gotham City has their own version of the Hamptons. Jason takes a selfie with them and Rose in the canopy. Rose doesn't want it posted on social media. I could be a serial killer or worse. To which Jason then responds, maybe I like serial killers. You probably wouldn't want to post that picture anyway because they're in the middle of like committing a crime. They've like broken into someone else's house and they're squatting there or something. Please don't take that photo social media. My dad is on me, follows me on Instagram, and he'll have further questions of why is the back kid uh, fucking me. Uh. They allegedly beat up some crack dealers during their date. Rose wanted to go to Wayne Wayne Manor. Screw Wayne Manor, Rose. That was never the real me. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Oh, God, stop it. They They don't want to relive this. They are really wanting to be This is the show that people pay money to for the DC Universe that I've been told is good, and I've been told is the best DC TV show, and I'm wrong for for hating this show. This is the worst fucking show. So, uh, something not really specific to this episode, but I don't think I've mentioned in a while just how bad the wigs are on this fucking show. (laughs) Rose's wig, right? Every... Yeah, Rose's wig, Beast Boy's wig. Uh, uh, yeah, Rose's wig is truly awful. It lo- it's looks so clearly fake. They didn't even try to make it look like it's attached to her head. But even like Beast Boy has a has a very obvious wig. Everyone except for uh, like Dick and Donna and uh, Jason. You know what's great like is if you hair. get that hair chalk stuff and you just like put the hair chalk onto Beast Boy, so that way it wouldn't look like a wig. 
Yeah, I I don't know. I, and uh, Rachel has to have a wig because she's blonde in real life. They couldn't just dye her hair dark. Um, they dyed and they dyed uh, sexy Archie's hair. Why couldn't they dye their hair? I don't know. Uh, pro- probably because like those actors want to be available to play light haired. Uh, characters and other things oh so they I don't, don't really give a shit about the show at all it's just they need work i mean starfire obviously has a bad wig but i have to give them credit that this season they uh dressed her a little better it's a much better <laughs> Try- wig too it's like i'm i'm trying to decide how to describe uh starfire's wardrobe in season one in a way that's not uh problematic um, uh... she she it, uh she looked pretty bad. Is all I'll say. Uh, okay, uh, she here, didn't. Without sounding, she didn't exactly look. She didn't exactly look like a high class woman. Is what I'm uh, driving at here. A lot, a <laughs> lot of, uh, a lot of trench coat. A lot of uh, something straight out of the prop department of the Sasha Fierce music video from Beyonce back in the mid 2000s. That's giving it way too much credit. Uh, this wardrobe looked like it cost fifteen dollars. Uh, okay, that that. <laughs> and this season, it's actually more. Actually, I can see her being like, actually, she has money and she actually is a position of power now. And she's she's dressed a little bit more like a, a person might dress. So that's uh, laudable, I guess. Instead of just here's a weird ass trench wig, coat wig. with fur, here is. <laughs> Wigs look like shit. Terrible wigs. All right. Let, what's, what happens next? Okay. So uh, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. They really want to be horny. I, you know what I said recently? Like 90% of all these adaptations is just what are the Power Rangers, but they fuck. And, this, and I said that before watching this episode, and this episode just proved it to be true. Uh, cut two. Nightmare funeral scene again with Dick Grayson. Deathstroke stabbing him. But this time around, instead of her doing this weird bobblehead sequence in the nightmare, she does this running man for a few seconds where she's just standing in place, waving her hands around. It was the most comedically bad thing I've ever seen in the show. Uh, And then she wakes up in the nightmare. She gets off the bus. Just let me off the bus. She happens to wake up just as they're passing the Elko Diner. Because it's such a nightmare. And it's the Elko Diner. What a coinky dink. Trevor, what a coinky dink, right? Yep. Inside the diner, Starfire rings for service. She wants donuts from the ads and she wants to meet Elko oh my Joe. God. Uh. The this poor lady, this poor woman who's the only one there, who's already surprised there's someone there. Uh they don't have donuts. They just have your Starfire. choice. Starfire of- Starfire is acting like a crazy person. Why is she behaving this way? She, uh, you can have your choice of pie or cake. There's flies written on both of them. She gets pissed with the quote of the episode, my sister killed my parents and she stole my damn crown and she marooned me on this ridiculous planet. So if you got flour, eggs, and sugar back there, I'm going to need you to figure it out, okay? That is not how it fucking works. You don't just go into a place that doesn't serve donuts and demand that they make you fucking donuts. <laughs> okay, I'll make you donuts. <laughs> and 
and it's just like I guess she wants donuts from friend. <laughs> I think she was like I, expecting absolutely like, berating this poor woman. She clearly is like this is all she has. She probably lives like in that a uh, motorhome, like in the parking lot. Like this is it, and. She just gets berated by Starfire. Her hand burns the bell, by the way. Oh my god. She gets she gets so mad that she hits the bell and she burns it and then she looks at it and she goes, "What what's wrong with me?" A lot of the thing. I think she really yeah, wanted I like don't know, the, I don't know what's wrong with you. You're not making any fucking sense. I think she just really wanted a, like Elko Joe from the commercials to walk in and be like oh. Well, how's it going, Starfire? Here's some donuts for you. Your favorite con. I knew exactly what yeah. you'd want. It's r- ridiculous how shallow we're supposed to believe her character is. That she saw this commercial, didn't really question the fact that her TVs kind of clearly got hacked, and this like commercial appeared to her. Just the the promise of donuts made her drive for several hours. To the middle of nowhere to go. She could get donuts anywhere. There's do. There's so many places that have donuts. Went to Krispy Kreme. Could went to Dunkin'. Could have. She could have just like somehow all of these subliminal uh, messages Bruce Wayne used must have instilled some kind of psychic manipulation in all of these women, or else we're just supposed to believe that like they're just girls and they're stupid as shit. And, and easy to trick. You know what, Trevor? <laughs> like, I think it, that's exactly it. I think the writing staff and the executive producers of this show, the show Titans, featuring a diverse cast of characters from all walks of life and different backgrounds, I think they intended to make this show basically for the idea to show women you're stupid and dumb. Yeah. Uh, they're all, I mean, all the, character, all the characters are dumb as shit. But um, but this episode vividly—they're uh, really ha- hammering. They are—it was almost I, more. <laughs> it was almost borderline I sexist. What, they were trying to go for a feminist I model, but no. Oh, it's okay because Starfire said mansplain. Yes, remember mansplain—that hot a uh, term from three years ago. Let's bring it back. I don't know what the fuck these people are thinking. I don't know why you would write this nonsense. <laughs> Uh, ding dong! Rachel walks in. She asks why Starfire is there. No clue. Just want the donuts. Donna enters and has no clue why she's there. Donna, because of a voicemail, Starfire is just here for the donuts. That's the only funny line in the episode I that I actually giggled at was just like, "Why are you all here? You all following me? You're all stalking me?" No, my car broke down. Uh, I got your voicemail. <laughs> I was told to be D- here, and Don- here's Starfire, just drunk, belligerently, just like I just want the fucking donuts. <laughs> like Don's, Don's car didn't actually break down. Her check engine light came on. So, uh, you know, when that happens, you go and you stop at the nearest diner to ask for help with your car. But like they didn't barely made any attempt to justify how all of these characters would end up there at the same time. Oh no! It gets worse. Like Cause, oh, cause, I'm, cause I'm having I'm having I'm engine. having engine trouble. I'm having engine trouble. I better go stop at this. Dun- Nobody fucking cares when their check engine light is on. They're like, oh, I'll deal deal with that later. I guess I'll go to the Jiffy Lube. And I don't care. Why would you go to uh, this shitty little diner in the middle of nowhere? Because your check engine light came on. I. 
it would not surprise me if this diner was filmed at the same location that they filmed earlier on with the invisible ship with Starfire because it was this almost the same dirt lot. So, but even as stupid and convoluted and contrived as all of that was, I still was expecting the result to be something that made more sense. Like Deathstroke is waiting there and he tricked them and manipulated them all into showing up so he could, I don't know, kill them or whatever. But no, it's something, it's something that makes even less sense. Imagine this. Are you ready? Jericho possessed Deathstroke. Deathstrokes with Jericho possesses Rose. Rose is in now the Judas inside the team. Now, this is, I guess, where we're going with it. So if Rose now knowing all this stuff because she becomes the Judas, spoiler, she's the Judas. Okay, you're, getting, no you're, you're, getting, you're, getting ahead of, you're getting ahead of your own recap. Okay, so... <laughs> we haven't gotten to that reveal yet. So with we still that, have to deal with, with Bruce Wayne at the diner. <laughs> so with this whole manipulation thing, with Jericho possessing Rose and she gets all the facts... Wouldn't this then be the case of Rosen gets all the info on the details? She knows that Starfire loves Donut. She knows that Hank and Donna are a couple and they actually do love each other. And that's the one thing that they, they know Rachel is always seeking help and is always scared that she won't get help. Like, What are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Like, if there was a way for, for Rose to get all these details and information on Donna and and Rachel and all these others, then you get Deathstroke, and then you have this involved. This would have been a much better show. It sounds like you're trying to make it even more convoluted. But no, I was trying to make it know. actually, like, what would make sense in case of, instead of just... What it's gonna happen right now? Ding dong! Oh, look made, who's in door. Look it would have made door. sense to not have this whole Elko thing in the first place. Oh look! Look who! Look who entered! It's Bruce Wayne. Unlike the other appearances, we're led to believe this is the real Bruce Wayne. He worries not just about Dick, but Connor and Gar as well. This is a family of choices, and he's talking to them about reuniting. If you won't protect one another, who will? So not a family. They don't even like each other. We've never even really one seen of them get jelly along. donuts and leaves. To which the next quote of the episode, which I also had to keep in because this is the best line. Starfire, so let me get this straight. Bruce Wayne somehow miraculously arranged for us all to meet in this diner in the middle of nowhere to mansplain us into putting the Titans back together. They all watch That's TV. Right. I guess it's, Dick, uh, hey, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, I guess it's not as stupid if you have a character pointing out how fucking stupid it is. Great job, writers. Good job, Twiden's writers. See, folks, hey, hey, I know this is, I know this is contrived and makes no sense, but look, here's the character, uh, pointing out how weird it is. So it's fine. Linda Love, you did it again. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's a different DC property. All right, uh, <laughs> So then they all are watching the TV in the diner and they get news about the prison escape. And one of the people who assisted was Detective Dick Grayson. Donna then says, you got to be fucking kidding me. Donna wants to go back to San Francisco after hearing that news. Rachel wants to save her. He nailed himself to the cross. He's going to have to take himself down. Don joins Donna. Whatever Dick is doing, he's doing to himself and leaves with Donna. So okay, wait, so, so the check the, the, engine no, lie is fixed now? I thought there was a whole problem with the engine and they had a, the cars. It, 
it was fake. It was all engineered by Bruce Wayne. He hacked into the car's computer to make the light come on or some bullshit. It doesn't matter. And so- uh, the thing is, the thing about this scene is uh, Don and Donna are 100% right. Um, fuck Dick Grayson in this show, I mean. He's an asshole. He sucks at being a crime fighter. He's not a team player. He's never been helpful to any of them. It's a the much more detective. pressing issue. It's a much more pressing issue to go save uh, Gar and Connor from Cadmus where they're being like tortured or whatever. But they don't even know uh, about that they, yet. They just know not, like not, they need her. Well, they, they seem to know something about it. Cause Donna ap- knows. Apparently... Donna knows she was there. She's like, what the fuck's going on here? It's all broken glass. I need right. to investigate this. You don't see them talking about it, but it seems to be suggested that Bruce told them something uh, during the part of the scene we didn't see about them being captured by Cadmus. Uh, it, he must have he must have known some of this shit because it seemed to be the reason that he assembled them all together. But the point is, uh, fuck Dick Grayson. He sucks. Uh, and he got himself put in prison on purpose. Raven talks about the nightmare she had about Dick Grayson's funeral and Deathstroke killing him. It doesn't sway them at all, and they feel Gar needs us more. Leading into the final two episodes... Mm-hmm. Completely right. They're 100% right. So the final two episodes, I guess one's going to be Fine Gar, and the other is the, look, it's Nightwing. Uh, Starfire. Not not to mention when uh, Starfire and Raven show up at the prison to rescue Dick, they're too late. (laughs) And he's already escaped on his own. So they didn't even need, he didn't even need their help to get out of there. They don't. (laughs) Starfire says, yeah, fuck it. I'll stay with you, Raven. So note the original Titans, the original two, Donna and, and Dove, they were like, "Fuck Dick Grayson, he sucks." And the new Teen Titans, because because they're smart and they know better, are the ones that are wanting to save him. Back at the prison, Dick Grayson starts screaming at nothing, asking for Bruce. Where are Bruce? Bruce, where are you, Bruce? Bruce. And then, oh my wow. god, I can't believe how much of this episode is still left to oh, talk. Oh about. no, we are, yeah, three pages. This is like the halfway point, by the way. Oh my god, at this point, watching it, I couldn't believe that it wasn't like the end of the episode. This went on so fucking long. Dick Grayson starts screaming at nothing, looking for Bruce. But then, wow, a bird showed up on the prison window because you see, he's gonna be. He have you heard of this Al Azul, this Latino legend of God and whatever? It's not. I thought the bird was a raven because it was supposed to be like Raven was coming to to save him. I don't know. I mean, that would make a lot of sense. You know what? That would be a lot more sense in this instead of just here's a bird. Back in Gotham, Jason takes Rose to a high school stage. Oh my God! Can we skip this? Fucking Talks about scene. the dad being dead, mom being an addict, being a juvenile, and uh, living in theater raptors. <laughs> His biggest secret is he's a theater nerd. I hate it. And he doesn't like being called stop. an actor. He likes to be called thespian. That was the worst fucking Why? why? What's wrong like, with being a thespian? He's like, he's like, when he's like, um, excuse me, the word is thespian. Fuck off. Rose isn't interested. Jason gets upset and talks about how he kept pushing people away. She's bad news. This sounds like CW. Every second I spend with you gives me a new lease on life. <laughs> Oh my god. Then so says lame. there's a place for us. Somewhere. A place for us. Hold my hand and we're halfway there. Hold my hand and I'll take you there. Somehow. Someday. Somewhere. 
So he's quoting from some musical. West Side Story. Oh, okay. It's a West Side Story. It's a musical. It's a modern reboot of Romeo and Juliet. So what, what we've what we've just found out in this uh, scene is that when Jason was homeless in Gotham, he used to sleep in the rafters of this high school auditorium and spy on the theater kids and watch them do plays. Yeah, like that doesn't sound creepy at all. And also, he and couldn't go down with the kids. Scene, that's just- <laughs> this big secret about jason is that he likes fucking musicals he loves music jason thespian todd and and also i think the reason he went with west side story is because the romeo and juliet angle because this is this is supposed to be there this is supposed to be the titans version of romeo and juliet if you really think about it isn't the relationship with jason and rose just like that of Romeo and Juliet because the Wilson family of Deathstroke and the Bat family with Bruce it's, no, Wayne. It's, and it's not. How long have we been going? You got to wrap this up, man. Oh, we are full, we're, not, we're only 50 minutes in and we're almost done. Uh, it's So anyway, it's much like a tragedy because both of them are going to die. Most likely because of poison and <sighs> okay. it's a love instead of a Joker bomb like in the comics. Cut two. Cut two. Ready? He wakes up and sees Bruce Wayne. He talks about needing sleep to escape and get back at Deathstroke. He then beats the shit out of Dick Grayson and then they do a pointless fight sequence. But this time around, flashing lights and stage lighting around because dream sequence complete with trash talk and Bruce Wayne punches him in the d- dream sequence. You're not Robin anymore. You're strong and fast like a bird of prey. Bird of prey. Like a, some kind of night bird. Like a bird at night with, with wings. a wing or some kind. Because <laughs> you're a bird. He punches air in reality because, hey, isolation chamber. In the hallucination, he sees the monitors with all his mistakes. And Bruce in the chair, and this is also where you'll find out that Jericho is Deathstroke. Uh, we cut to Dick Grayson sing a shadow of himself with feathers. What? <laughs> cut to the fancy house. Rose has Jason's phone. She sees the homepage, the little home screen of him with Rose on the canvas, the little canopy. Uh, she says that's fucking thirsty. That's not what the fucking thing it means. Yeah, that's not what thirst. <sighs> These are these are grown ups trying to sound like teenagers, and they're fucking horrible at it. And it's I don't even think like the actors really want to correct him. Like, uh, that's not what horny me thirsty is not. No, it's when you see a hunky guy on Instagram, and you're like, man, that's cute. That's Donna didn't text wondering if he and Rose are okay. She deletes the text. <gasps> Rose goes outside and wanders around and then gets on her phone, no idea of home screen, and calls Papa Slade. Hi, this game you are playing with the Titans, I am out. Rose quits, and there's nothing well, you so can do. You, you, you the fact that in the previous scene with Dick, we uh, it was revealed that Slade was actually Jericho, but, you know, whatever. And, and, and Judas, the Judas would be... Okay, so this this whole thing, uh, uh, so the fact that Rose was actually spying for Deathstroke is something that seemed sort of obvious uh, from the beginning. Like, that's what anyone would have guessed, but it was just never, like, addressed until now. So this was supposed to be, like, a twist. But, like, if if that was going to have an impact on the story, it should have happened earlier, you know? it And it 
uh, and this is happening after Deathstroke, who's actually Jericho, yeah. already said that he's like done. He's like, oh, I'm all done uh, t- tormenting you or whatever. Uh, and so it seems almost meaningless at this point for Rose to be like, oh, I'm out. I'm not helping you anymore. Helping him do fucking what? If you were going to help him with something, you would have done it already. This this phone call and, and Rose quitting makes Slade so angry, just so angry, he breaks the glass with his fist. Cut to prison. Spooky ghosts grab a guard. Starfire beats the shit out of guards. Goop uh, knocks out a prison guard. But then Raven chooses to KO the guard instead of murdering them. Starfire does the burning hand thing, misses once, but the second time around blows up the door. Uh, they see a wall, and it says... Jericho is alive, but there's no Dick Grayson that we see. <gasps> Dick has already escaped on his own just before they arrive, because God forbid uh, the amazing Dick Grayson ever seem like he has to, needs the help of any of the other members of his fucking team. So they should have just fucking listened to Don and Donna and not even bothered to go try to save him in the first place. You're wasting your time. Uh, cut to Titan's Tower. They were, they were right. <laughs> cut to Tower, but not really. We're not in Titan's Tower. Gar is talking to Rachel. Oh, God. In reality, it's a Cadmus employee under the watch of Mercy Graves and explains the dreams. Rachel's actress is good at playing the phony actor in this. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> so, Tegan, you know what? Thumbs up to you. Uh, then a nice uh, piano song is playing, and this makes... This is this is supposed to elicit an angry response to Beast Boy, who didn't turn. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did some kind of Clockwork Orange Ludovico effect shit on him, to, so they can play music and uh, make him turn into a tiger and kill people. And that's what happens. Turns into a tiger and kills the Cadmus employee, much to the delight of Mercy Graves, with like a bad jump scare. Like that, it was supposed to end with the jump scare with like the handprint smacking the window, and you're supposed to be like startled so, and it was just like ugh. cut to black so in the so in the end of the previous episode when she said like oh he wants his friends back maybe we'll give him his friends back or whatever what she meant by that was that they were going to do brain surgery on him to trick his mind into thinking that he was talking to his friends as a means of controlling his mind and making him kill people for them right that's pretty much it so we doesn't even finally- seem like doesn't seem like the friends aspect of it really matters uh, so much. And remember, the, they they did fucking brain surgery on the guy. Yeah. So so you kind of glossed over uh, the last scene between Dick and uh, Bruce Wayne is when Bruce shows him the TVs of a bunch of stuff from previous episodes. And then on one of the TVs is Slade talking to him and he's doing sign language. And that's supposed, to, and that's the reveal that Slade Wilson, Deathstroke, is in fact Jericho, uh, who did not die five years ago. Um, he possessed. He possessed Slade. Slade killed Jericho. Made places with his dad right before getting stabbed to death, or maybe while he was getting stabbed to death. I guess it was possible too. Um, so Slade presumably is actually dead. He died in the body of Jericho, and Jericho has been in Slade ever since. And it, that's the reason that, like, um, he was at his mom's house and everything was fine because his mom probably knows uh, that uh, that it's actually Jericho. So that kind of answers a couple of the questions that I had. 
a couple episodes what a, ago. What a great, we filled in all the gaps. We're filling in all yeah. the gaps. How did they know about it the spicy of, soda and the liquor? It kind of makes sense, I guess. Uh, but, like, having Jericho be a villain, I'm a little bit confused about what the motivation is going to be there. Um, I guess he's just, is he still mad at Dick for showing up at the church? which leaded to him apparently being killed, but I guess it was actually his dad that got killed. So maybe he blames Dick for the death of his dad. No, it's both. Uh, even though that was sort of it's, sort of his fault. I don't know. It's dumb, it's he dumb wants to his have revenge Jericho on both of be them. a villain. Is he wants his revenge on both, Slade and Dick Grayson. Because they both But Slade him. is dead. He doesn't need revenge on Slade. Slade is dead already. Exactly. So now all that's left is Dick Grayson. If you it bring d- the Titans if he, back... If he's, but if he's mad, but he's... He's mad at Dick Grayson for the, his dad being dead. If that's not what he's mad about, then he's got no motivation. It makes no sense. He's angry, and I don't want you to bring back the Titans. It's it's silly for Jericho to be a villain, um, which, I don't know, maybe they're going to do a thing at the end where he like kind of goes back to being good. So then you have a Deathstroke as a good guy because it's not really Deathstroke. <laughs> it's it's just good old. Know. It's good dad Slade Wilson. <laughs> and uh, I I'm not sure whether or not Rose knows that it's uh, Jericho and not her dad. Would have been pretty weird if uh, Jericho was manipulating her all this time, pretending to be her dad and not telling her the truth. <laughs> but um. Presumably, Adeline knows. His mom seems to know. At least that's what uh, Bruce was implying. I mean, imaginary Bruce was implying to Dick. If anything, so. if anything, we can actually give a positive to Bruce. Is at least if, if if we can go into this whole universe, at least can kind of go like we can give him the benefit of the doubt because he's the world's greatest detective. So of course he would know Adeline. He would know Jericho. No, but that's but that's not the but that's not the real Bruce. It's the imaginary Bruce in Dick's head that was telling him that stuff. So then does that mean Dick Grayson's actually a good detective using Bruce? Yeah, so Dick, uh, Bruce uh, represents his inner detective uh, because he's able to help him figure out these things that Dick couldn't figure out on his own by replaying the scene to him on an imaginary TV. So when does this show get good? It doesn't. Okay, so we just have two episodes left. Two episodes left is horseshit. That's it. Next week's episode this, is not named po- it yet. It couldn't possibly, it couldn't possibly get worse than this episode. This episode was an all-time low for tele for the history of television. I don't think that the next. I'm very optimistic that the next two episodes couldn't possibly be as bad. There's no name on in the website, but the rumor is, folks, episode twelve oh. is going to be called Fauxhawk. What? Yeah, because Hawk. What the fuck are you talking about? The, the final two episodes, Hawk and Nightwing. Those are the last okay. two episodes. They thought maybe the next episode would be Nightwing, but I guess they're going to drag out that revelation. They want to like have that be the grand finale. Don't forget. They just, oh yeah, before we get going, they announced season three. Oh yeah, of course. But so the episode being Hawk, does that mean that Jericho is going to take over uh, Hank's body and pretend to be him? I think that's what's going to happen next. Or it's going to be a play on Dick Grayson stealing the gimmick of Hawk because Bird of Prey. 
well, that's really stupid. Um, but well, what we be, remember, whatever is the dumbest is going to be the most likely outcome, just like how Elko. <sighs> uh, okay. In conclusion, I think we should all go to Denny's and then scream at the <laughs> waiters and waitresses demanding jelly donuts. And if they don't say, and if they say we don't serve jelly donuts, you just bring up the fact that you your parents are dead, you lost your crown, and as long as you have flour, uh, eggs, <laughs> and uh, other like jelly. <laughs> well, folks, as we always say at the end of every episode, I'm just here for the donuts. Uh-huh.